Now, what I want to do today is I want to continue. Uh, this morning, we talked about this. Let's go to the book of Jonah because we got to get there. Chapter number one. From the book of Jonah, uh, chapter number one. We read to you this morning that Israel asked for a sign. And he's told them there would not be any sign given but of the prophet Jonah. So we're going to go through that uh, teaching right now, chapter number one. From the book of Jonah, chapter number one. I'm going to be real nice today, real nice. Amen. From the book of Jonah, chapter number one. Be nice, Reverend. All right. From the book of Jonah, chapter number one. All right. Um, in Jonah, chapter number one, I want to start reading with verse number 14. From the book of Jonah. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to go back to chapter one and read that first. 14, 14 through 17. That's what I said, right? All right, Jonah chapter 1, verse 14 through 17. From the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 14 through 17. Are you there? All right, Jonah chapter 1, verse 14 says, Wherefore they cried to the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish for this man's life. Lay not up on us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done it, hast done as thou pleased, or done as it hath pleased thee. So they took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from raising. Then the man feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Otherwise, we know he had, they had prepared uh, a grave for Jonah. The Bible calls it a great fish. But we know Christ, they had prepared a grave. Somebody already had a tomb and was already prepared. All right. Now, what I want to do today, I want to go into the message because I want to talk about, let's go to the Gospel of John. Let's do that also uh, while I'm doing this. Thank you. The book of John, chapter number 12, because I want to include this in there because I'm going to be dealing with all of this. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 12. Let's go to verse 31. The Gospel of St. John, chapter number 12, and verse number 31. The Bible says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This signifying what death he should die. What death he should die. So we're going to be talking about three days and three nights. Three days and three nights. Say that with me. Three days and three nights. All right. Now, I asked the church this morning. Maybe somebody got it, but I'm going to check it out again. What Sunday was this past Sunday? What Sunday was this past? How many know what Sunday was this past Sunday? Some of y'all holding your hand up. You don't know what Sunday was? Now, I want to know the next thing. What Sunday was the Sunday before? The Sunday before Passover. The Sunday before was what Sunday? You know what I'm going to get you to do? 
gonna get you to go to my office, one of you, and look on my calendar in my study and see what they got on there in April the 10th. Come back and tell me what that day is. We're gonna, we're gonna help the church out today. Don't be Googling, you're gonna get ready to Google. All right, let me ask you another question. The 15th, this past Friday, what was the 15th? Now, if you were not here this morning, you probably gonna say Good Friday. Because that's what the world calls it. The, the world calls it, what? Brother Child got some of this thing. Tell, tell him, give me that, Brother Child. Some, do y'all ever look at the days coming up? Let me see what Brother Charlie got here. Okay, this past Sunday on the tent was Palm Sunday. That's what you all said, right? If Palm Sunday was on the tent, then seven days later would be, would be resurrection. You do know that, right? You know why it was seven days? I got it, right? All right. Now, Good Friday. Why do we call it Good Friday? I'm showing you what religion is. See, religion calls it Good Friday. I want somebody to find me in the Bible the word Good Friday. I, I'm trying to make a point. What, what does your Bible say? And I'm going to show you in the word, the 15th. It was the first day of Passover. What was that day? The first day of Passover. Oh, help me, Lord. Help me here. Last Friday was what called what? Last Friday was called what? See, I want you to know because in this house, we don't call it Good Friday. You have never been to this church to a Good Friday service. So where you got it from? Where, where did, what churches got it from? Because it didn't come from me. It didn't come from this house. I said this morning, what is today? Wait, wait, wait before you answer, because I don't have to worry about rebuking nobody <laughs> or hurt your feeling. Let me just tell you the answer. Now, what I want you all to do is look over there. What's the difference? So I can move on. All right, now. If Good Friday, the last week was Passover. The beginning of Passover. See, you need to put it in a book so we won't go do this no more. Because you have people like, well, well, we don't have no Good Friday service at our church. When you can show it to me in the Bible, we'll start doing it. We only do what the word says. This past Friday was Passover. It was the first day of Passover. Now you tell me the first day of Passover, if you Christ, how would that be a good Friday? Good for who? Three days and three nights, Christ had to be in the ground for three days and three nights. So if you celebrating Good Friday, people say, this is the day that Christ died. You couldn't die on Friday. Because I can count real good. <laughs> At least the three. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's what they say. But Jesus had to die on Now, in Hebrew, 6 o'clock Wednesday night, 6.01 was Thursday. Let me say it again. At 6.01 Wednesday night in Israel, 
it was Thursday. Their day starts at 6 p.m. in the evening. So to say Jesus died on the Thursday, which he did, they give you Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. But 6 o'clock Saturday evening was Sunday morning. So that's why he had to die on a Wednesday, which would have been Thursday at 6 o'clock. So we have to understand. And Christ had to be crucified at 9 o'clock in the morning. He had to be on the cross at 9 o'clock in the morning, and he was taken off the cross at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Same day. And then they had to put him in the ground, in the tomb, for three days and three nights. That's why we don't do Good Friday. Because you cannot get three days and three nights starting on Friday. Here's another thing. You want to put this in your notes. Whatever Christ has fulfilled, he has become. Let me say it again. Whatever Christ has fulfilled, he has become. So we're going to look at some things that he has fulfilled. John eleven twenty five. He has fulfilled resurrection day. So he cannot be no more resurrection day. The Bible is not about a day in the new covenant. It's about a person. In the old covenant, it was days and months and years. In the new covenant, it's about a person. So I want you to understand that if you look at John eleven twenty five. 25, he did not say resurrection day. He did not say I'm the resurrection day. And I know that sounds real good. You're being honest. You're being nice. But I want to get you out of religion. Amen. There is no resurrection day. Resurrection, John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. So when you when you went, when I gave you the the book of Exodus chapter 3 and verse 18, they asked him, 14, I'm sorry. Exodus 3, 14, they asked him, who do I say that sent me? Moses asked. So they said to him, I am that I am. Well, I am that I am. You take the word that, and he explains it in the new covenant. So when he says in John 6, 35, 48, 50, all these verses in John, you would hear him say, I am that bread of life. So he's answering you. He, you ask him, who is he? He said, I am that bread. So today people are still taking bread off the table because they got it from a religious organization. So if Christ is that bread, why do you need to eat that bread on the table when he is that bread? To say he is that bread, he is that Passover. Passover is no day no more. Passover is a person. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. See, if you just look in the Bible, you see what people are doing, but you don't know how to count it. As a pastor, I'm talking to young pastors out there because that's what, what I mean when I say I have been deceived. Watch what the word says. Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump. As you are unleavened. For even Christ, come on, say it. Who is Christ? If he's our Passover, why do I need the bread on the table? See, when I minister to you the word, what do I minister to you? Christ. Why do I minister to you Christ? So you can eat Christ, not the bread on the table. The bread on the table is not going to help you. Jesus told the people... You have eaten, John chapter 6, read it sometime. I give you the true bread. 
He said, your father ate manna in the wilderness and they are dead. And he's not talking about just naturally. Because after that, he said, if you eat of me, you'll live forever. You can't live forever eating the bread on the table. That has no life, no substance. So everything the Bible was talking about, I am, Jesus came and told us, I am. John chapter 6, verse 35. Put it on the screen. I wasn't going to do that. I'm just going to do it. So what happened is, when I say you've been deceived, is you have to understand everything God did spiritually, he had to do a spiritually first, then manifestation. And I'm going to show you the word of God. So here it is. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. One place he came out and said, I am that bread. See, watch this. I'm, I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. To me, to me, not the table. And he that believeth on me, not the table. See, why did he say I'm the bread to Israel? Because the bread was in the temple. See, I'm going to do a series on something else. I can't tell you right now. But the bread was in the temple. So he was talking to Jews who knew what he was talking about. They had 12, 12 loaves of bread, a, a stack of six times two. Stack, a stack of bread, but it was six, two, two stacks, but it was in six. So in that stack called showbread. So he was telling them, I am that bread. You ate that bread in the wilderness and you died. I'm giving you the living bread. So you got religion. You were, you were in a day where there's nothing but religion. People tell you you got to be water baptized to live. That's not in the Bible. Jesus said, I am the living water. See, you, you want the water in the baptism pool. It's not going to save you. That's Old Testament. John the Baptist baptized with water and they killed him. Jesus has fulfilled all righteousness. So everything that he fulfilled, he has become. Look at Luke 24, 44. See, he is the fulfillment of all things. So resurrection is not a day. Resurrection now is a person. Life is not a game. Life is a person. And if you don't have Christ, you don't have life. See, if you don't have Christ in you, you don't have life in you. And I'm going to show you judgment took place at the cross. I'm going to tell you something else. The end of the world took place at the cross. The end of the world took place at the cross. At the cross, everything that Adam had, even his time, ended at the cross. Once, you, once Christ raised from the dead, you are not in time no more. Once Christ raised from the dead, you are not in time anymore. Be nice and time. <laughs> Y'all don't get it, though. All right. Now let me let me take you someplace. I gave you John 12, 31 again. Let's go back there again. Now is the judgment of this world. It's okay. Okay. Now is the judgment of this world. Watch this. 2,000 years ago. Let's read that out of the Good News Bible, would you? John chapter 12, verse 31 through 33. We're going to read out the Good News Bible. What is he saying? Now is the judgment of this world. He, if I, I told you, you got to write down two things. The world is Israel. 
The world in their day was the Old Testament Israel. The earth is the Old Testament Israel. The heaven is Jerusalem. You got to make sure you... It's okay, but... The old, the, the, the old Testament Jerusalem. So you got in the beginning, God created the Old Testament Jerusalem, which was heaven, and the earth, which is the nation of Israel and the promised land. You, if you don't get that, you can't understand the Bible. Because everything in the Bible is about that. So when you hear he destroys the earth, we got a new heaven, new earth. The first thing people think about, well, there ain't no new heaven, new earth come yet. Because you don't know what came. In Revelation chapter 7, he told you he took up the 144,000. They're already gone. That's the new Jerusalem. So you got to understand, the Bible told you that. In the book of Galatia 3.21. Let's go there for a minute. See, I be, when I say things, I say things. Not to be mean, but I'd be listening to the spirit to tell me my next, where I'm going next. <laughs> I minister by the Holy Ghost. I'm listening to him. So that's why I say you say what you say, but not, it don't interfere with me. Okay. Now watch this. In Galatians chapter 3, let's start verse number 21. I don't have no Bible. See, I'm just ministering by the spirit. He says, if the law then against the promise of God, God forbid, if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Now go, go to, go to but, but the scripture has concluded all in the sin that the promise of faith might be by Jesus Christ may be given to them that believe. All right, let's go to Galatians 4.21. Same book. So in Galatians 4.21, Galatians chapter 4, verse 21. So we're going to see something. I'm showing you something. So everything is given to them that believe. Tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? He's talking to, he talked to the Jews now. For it's written that Abraham had two sons. Now you got to know Abraham had two sons. Remember, this is under the revelation of Jesus Christ. Everything I'm doing to get you to see the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the only way I get you to see the revelation of Jesus Christ, I must tear down the old man in your head. I got to turn down the old mindset. I got to tear down the religion tradition of man. See, you got to understand, you don't think it's there. I was minister, I've been minister 40, 40 plus years. I was assistant pastor for three and a half years before I became a pastor. And I was a minister before that. And I was pastor for over 20 years and I, the old man had never been destroyed in me. See, you, I'm, I want to help you because I don't want you to make the mistake I made. The old man must be destroyed in you. You cannot see the new man until the old man had been destroyed out of your heart. And out of your, when I say heart, I'm talking about your mind. We have been filled with religion, tradition of men. We have been taught to see the natural, not the spiritual. Everything had to do with our five senses. In the spirit realm, you do not operate in your five senses. So Galatia 4, let me finish that, then I'm going to take you somewhere. See, this is resurrection, and the purpose of resurrection is to take you into the spiritual realm. That's why I told you, you are a spirit being. You cannot listen to filthy, demonic movies. You can't listen to that no more because it goes against you, what you believe. God's a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Satan also who has been destroyed is a spirit, but also his demons are still around. They are also spirits. So you must understand if you are going to mess with them, they're going to mess with you. 
You can't sit up and watch demonic stuff and expect there's not be a demonic manifestation. I can't get to sleep. My children can't get to sleep. This stuff is happening in my body. This stuff is what? What you? Where you think that come from? That come from the Satan and the curses of the hell. Stay out of his mess. See, that's why, that's why so many things I like to tell you, you know, but it's like people think you're trying to be whatever. Listen, you are a spirit. You can't get involved in sororities. God can easily be offended. You calling them your brothers and sisters and you come in here and call me your brothers and sisters. Who are your brothers and sisters? And see, you don't understand, you, be, you, you offend the spirit. God can be grieved. He can be quenched. He can be offended. You are the temple of God. I'm going to show you a man today that he had everything God had for his life. And I can show you hundreds of them in the Bible. But he came to a place Till he took God for granted. You don't ever want to do that. When God put his hand on you, you better understand that's the favor of God in your life. And you don't ever want to mess with that. You cannot be involved in all kinds of stuff. I've been offered all types of opportunities. People told me, so I want you to work here. I'm going to give you your office. You can go and come as you get ready. But I want you to be here. When you have to go, you leave. This is not going to interfere with your pastor. I'm going to pay you so much double figures of dollars. And I'm going to make you, you just going to, I, I can't work for you. Well, why? I'm offering you the money. I'm giving you. I said, listen, God has brought me into the ministry of the Holy Spirit and I cannot work for you. He made me a father. I can't be your slave. See, you don't understand it. I'm not saying that to put them down. I thank God for the job. Sometimes I'd be like, I should have kept that job. What I should have done. <laughs> but I had asked the Lord to set me free. My father died 50 years of ministry, Pastor Amos E. Johnson. My father before him died at 50 years of ministry, Reverend E.P. Powell from Mississippi. I only had two pastors in my life, and now I became a father in ministry. So I must not cover my head, if you know what I mean. I must have one person over me, and that's the one who tells me what to do. Galatians chapter 4. Let me turn to my Bible. I got to get something done. Praise God. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 22. For it's written, Abraham had two sons. The one was a bun woman, by a bun woman, by a bun woman, slave woman, and the other was by a free woman. Well, who were these two women in his life? Verse 23 said, But he was of the bun woman, was born of the flesh. After the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory or spiritual story? For these are the two covenants. The two wives represent two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which is gender to abundance, which is Agar. And, the, and Agar in Mount Sinai is Arabia in answer to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, it's free. So you have a Jerusalem that's over there, and then there's a spiritual Jerusalem above. That, that was the church, which is the mother of us all. So he said, Rejoice, you barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travelest not. For the dust that has many more children than, the, than, than she which has an husband. 
Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of the promise, but then as he was born after the flesh, those that were born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. The one born after the spirit be became the new Jerusalem. Look at the book of Hebrews. So you have to understand that's who the church of God was. Most people do not know in this Bible you had the church of God and the body of Christ. You have to be able to differentiate between the two if you are pastoring, ministering. The church of God has already been taken out. That's who everybody talking about Jesus coming back for was the church of God. That was Paul, Peter, James, and John and the apostles. They were the church of God. Hebrews chapter 12 told you, verse 22, but you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, not heavenly, not earthly Jerusalem. The, the Jerusalem on the earth was just a type and a shadow of the Jerusalem above. But you are come to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, to heavenly Jerusalem, and unto innumerable company of angels. You are come to the general assembly. You are come to the church. You are come to the firstborn, which are written in heaven. You are come to God, the judge of all, and to spirits of just men made perfect. You will come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. You will come to the blood of sprinkling that will speak as better things than that are able. See that you refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape who refuse him that spake on earth, talking about Moses, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. That's where I speak from is heaven. That's what Paul talking about. Paul was in Christ and Christ. You sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So when a man of God speaks, he's speaking from heaven. That's why he said to you, because you're speaking from earth. And I don't want you to speak from earth and mess with what I'm saying from heaven. I'm being nice. That's why I say you got to listen. Which voice then shook the earth? And But now he has promised 2,000 years ago saying, yet once more, I shake not the earth only. Now, he said going to shake the earth only, but also heaven. So what is he shaking? He's shaking Jerusalem and Israel. Don't let people lie to you. Write things down. You'll know what they mean. And this word yet once more signified, why did he shake Jerusalem and why did he shake the earth? So the removing of those things that are shaken, to remove things, to remove things. And things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken. So everything that was made naturally was shaken. But then it says, but those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore we receiving, not going to receive, if you in Christ you've already received. Therefore, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Don't ever let anybody tell you the kingdom hadn't come yet. When you're in the kingdom. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace. Whereby we may serve God acceptable and reverence with godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. You're already in Christ. Look at Colossians 1.13. See, people are telling you, well, the kingdom ain't come yet. When Christ comes, he's going to bring the kingdom. God already did that. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? I'm going to wait on the screen. Who has, past tense, delivered us from the power of darkness? Have. And have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Not going to happen. So that's why I said to you this morning, the reason people can't see the end, the end or their needs being met because they don't understand the kingdom. Put on the screen, Matthew 6, 33. What did God tell you to do? Most people know that. 
but it's not a game. You'll never have to worry about your needs being met if you're in the kingdom. If you're in the kingdom, then you are a king's kid. Your father is king. Now, why would you be in the kingdom and your father's a king and your needs are not being met? You need to make sure you are in the kingdom. It can't be I'm in the church. I can't be at my door of faith. It can't be all this other stuff. You got to make sure God is in here and you in Christ. Because that's who Christ is. He's the kingdom. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these other things shall be added. What other thing? Other thing that you're going to have to eat, going to have to drink, going to have to put on, your needs being met. If you're in the kingdom, why are you worried about your need? But my God, Philippians 4 and 18, shall supply all, put on the screen when I say some scripture, Philippians 4 and 19, but my God. See, if you're in the kingdom, God takes care of your needs. You got to make sure you're in the kingdom. This ain't no game. You probably hear me say that a hundred thousand times. I've been broke, man. I've been so broke, I smell broke. I was so broke, people knew I was broke. That's bad when you broke. You, everybody know you're broke. I was so poor until when I went to school, I couldn't even eat lunch. I couldn't, eat, I couldn't even buy a sandwich that cost a dime. I'm for real. I'm not here no game. I couldn't buy a sandwich. And it was a dime. My mother gave me six cents. And I had, when she gave me the nickel, I had to come back the next day with the two pennies. And she gave me another penny. So I had three pennies. And I had some cheese. And I had some tea cakes. That was my dinner. When I left school in the morning, I had that little brown bag with them tea cake and that commodity cheese, because that's all I had. I sat in the cafeteria with people who ate a sandwich with a dime, and they served hot lunches for 25 cents, and I never made it. I'm trying to help you. This ain't no game. You got to find the kingdom. Make sure you're in it, because if you find the kingdom, you'll find the king. This ain't no game. That's why people that go to the ministry can't help you. They go to your ministry, they can't give you a dime. And they sitting on the ministry where I keep saying to you, I'm from the south, I'm from Mississippi, I'm from the plantation, I'm from the cotton field, I'm from the place where you pick cotton and shop cotton. We had $2.50 a day, all day, 10 days a day, I got $2.50 that I had to help my mama so we could live. See, you're born with a silver spoon or gold something in your, in your house, that's good, but that wasn't my way. So everything we got, we had to believe God for it. We had to believe God for my job. I had to believe God when I got here. I was a young man when I was 18. If I graduated from high school, I looked at my mother in her face with tears in my eyes. And I said, we are not going to live like this no more. I said, you give me one year. I'm going to college. I'm going to get me an education which they took me into, into college and they told me, you don't have to pay anything. You're the top boy in your senior class. We're going to give you two years free. I said, I'll take it. I couldn't even come home during the summer. I couldn't even afford a ticket to get on a Greyhound bus to go home to see my mama in two years because I was that poor. The only way I can live was at the rec hall. And God made me the top, made me the president of the student council. And the man handed me a key and told me, you have the privileges of this campus and you can go anywhere you want to. You, you are the president of the student council. And I was able to go in the rec hall and eat when I get ready. Somebody ought to give God praise up in here. This ain't no game. You expect God to bless you and to be there for you? Are you there for him? How do you treat him? Are you living for him? 
You can't claim the things of the Spirit if you are walking against the Spirit. When I say I was poor, I mean I was poor. I was chopping cotton, picking cotton poor. You understand? Hog in the back porch poor. We even have a hog but once a year, and that's all the meat we saw for the rest of the year. We had chicken who died in the snow. They were so cold. We couldn't help them. Trying to raise chicken and watch them die. We were poor. We had nine people in one house and three bed, three rooms, and when you walked through the kitchen, you was in the back in the back. Back in the backyard, we didn't have nothing else. We ate commodity. They dropped food off at our house, commodity cheese and stuff, brought it to us. We were so poor, we didn't have nothing. We didn't have wood to burn. People had to bring wood to our house and drop it off in the yard so we wouldn't freeze to death sitting around a big hot bell. That's why I tell you this. I don't shame you on this. I'm trying to let you know you don't have faith. It's because you don't want God. And I'm here to tell you your problem. It ain't all this other stuff. You don't know how to reverence God. You don't know how to treat him. He took care of us when we didn't have nothing. Don't tell me God won't provide. Don't tell me he won't provide. God will take care of you. But you're going to have to act like you're his child. You're going to have to live for him, stand up for him, and tell folks, that's my father, and that's who I'm going to live for. Don't be ashamed when you go off to school, when they start doing all this stuff. Tell them children, ah, ah, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I wasn't taught like this, and that's not how I'm going to live. You sometimes you got to walk alone. You'll find yourself all by yourself. Ain't many people are going to stand up for him. Ain't many people going to live for him seven days a week. There's not many people who are going to say, I, I'm going to live for God. I got one wife, and that's my wife. I don't want your wife. I don't want your girlfriend. I, I got a wife. My God is holy, and I hear him say, and you got to be holy because he's holy. You can't live in a kind of way. You can't wait till you're at home by yourself and turn on to the sex movies and the pornography. When you're holy and you see something on the television that's unholy, you turn your head because you don't want to see that. I, you can't enjoy the filth of this life. God trying to take you somewhere. Not many people want to go. Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, I asked God, as a young man, young preacher, how to get the revelation of Jesus Christ. How do you get it? I said, Lord, it's, it's tough as a young pastor. You go minister at pastors' churches and they got ashtrays on their desks. You got preachers going to smoke before you go in there. Wait, wait for you to come in my office. I cried a many days. Because my whole thing is you can't serve God like that. Let me show you something. Look at Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to look at the first five verses. In the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw also the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up his train, filled the temple. I didn't see it until King Uzziah died. And then one day God told me, you need to study King Uzziah. Why was Isaiah, one of the greatest men of the, of the Old Testament, got 66 books he wrote God about? But all his message was, 
was woe, woe, woe to Israel. He couldn't change his message. He only saw Israel as a bad people. So his message was woe to them, woe to them, woe to mean woe mean God gonna get you. And then one day he was in the temple. And the Bible says it was, it was the same year King Uzziah died. And he saw God, and verse 2 says, above the, stood the cherubims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. Twain he did fly. One cherubim cried to another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. He didn't see it yet, but he kept crying, holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. He wasn't seeing it in the natural, but he saw it in the spirit realm. So he kept crying, holy. Now while he's crying, holy, Isaiah was crying, woe is me. Watch this. And the priest and the post of the door moved because he was crying holy unto the Lord. The post of the doors moved of the thresholds. They moved at the voice of him that cried holy, holy, holy. And as he cried holy, 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 the temple was begin to fill with smoke. And all he was walking through saying holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. And as he was, it was getting smoke in the place, filled with the glory. And all the angel was doing was calling out who he is. Holy, holy, holy. And as he was, the cloud was filling up the temple. And Isaiah was working that day. And Isaiah says, he was filled with smoke. Then said, war is me. Isaiah was working. He looked at the cloud. He looked at the angels flying through this. He said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. For once in his life, as a man of God, he saw the king. And the Bible says, then flew one of the cherubims unto me, having a live coal in his hands, which it had taken from the tongues of the, off the altar. He laid it upon my mouth and said, This has touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. And then it says, I heard a voice after he had cleansed me, saying, I heard a voice saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am. Send me. He couldn't send him before. Isaiah was working in the house of God, but it had to be purged. You're going to work for a holy God, you got to be holy yourself. Watch this. Second Chronicles 26. I got six minutes. In Second Chronicles chapter 26, and he just got through saying it was in the year King Uzziah died. Well, what in the world would King Uzziah have to do with what happened to this boy? I'm going to make it, I'm going to go and just tell the story, but I want you to see what it is. Uzziah was 16 years old when his father died. I was 14. My father died. Changed my life. That's why this story is so easy for me. I turned to God with all of my heart. Because for once in my life, my daddy had taken care of us. And here I am, 14 years old, and I got brothers and sisters at the house, at the, at the house, and I'm the oldest one at the house this time. My brother Charles and my sister Audrey had already moved. And I'm looking at all of my brothers and sisters, and I'm the man of the house at 14 years old. But I looked at my mother and her face, and I never forget this. And I told her, I'm going to get my education, and after I graduate from school, I will be back to get you. I will not leave you here. 
And anybody ever know my mother know that? After one year, I went back, got my mother, paid a guy to drive her here. Got her a house over there on Sanford. She never had to work a day in her life because my mother took care of me. So you got to understand something. You got to look after what you're going to do for your mother and your father. You can't live like you're living now and help them. So you're blessed now because they taking care of you. But there'll come a day they can't take care of you no more. And what you gonna do now? What you gonna do, huh? That's why now you're supposed to be preparing yourself. So if anything happened to your mother and your father, you can be able to take care, be, be there to help them if you have to, and be able to take care of yourself. Here's this guy, King Uzziah, 16 years old. They made him king. His father had died. He reigned in Israel for 52 years. He had done well. You look at his record. He built engines. He built towers. He built arrows. He built, I mean, this man here restored everything. He brought Israel back up to where it was in the days of Solomon, the king of Egypt, king of Jerusalem. But Let's go to verse 15. Not going to be able to read all. I don't have time. You get a chance, read it. This man had the army, everything. He could build, he built everything. Verse 15 says, he made in Jerusalem engines. The man made his own engines. He invented cunning men. He had people working for him. He built towers, bulwark, arrows, great stone. I mean, his name was so even his enemy awarded him. He was marvelously helped till he was strong. And the Bible said in verse number 16, but when he was strong in his heart, his heart was lifted up to his own destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord. He burned incense up on the altar of incense. Eight men plus the high priest are going to tell him, Uzziah, you can't come in here and do that just because you're the king. See, people don't understand. They, you, just because who you are, you can't do that here. Uzziah came in there and burned incense unto the Lord. He pressed his way on past those eight men. And before he got to the altar of incense, God smote him with leprosy. He was a leper to the day he died. The most famous man in Israel. But he tried to do something for God that God didn't tell him. This office is given by the Holy Ghost. Many people, I said many people die because they want to be here. They don't want to submit to God. They don't want to submit to God's people. They don't want to feed the people and love the people and walk before God. They want to be here. Lusting for power. Money, sex, and power will cause your future to end soon. If God puts you in ministry, let God do it. Don't you help him. Let me say it again. If God wants to put you in ministry, let him do it. Don't you help him. Ministry can be for your blessings or it can be for your destruction. To be able to be with God every day, you have to be who you are or it will kill you. God is a consuming fire. The Spirit of God is holy and the same Spirit of God is the hand of the Lord and the hand of the Lord can touch you for good or evil. He touched Uzziah and he was smitten with leprosy. Saul lost his kingdom and his children, King Saul, because he tried to serve God 
as the king, and he was not the high priest. You can't operate in all the ministry of a church unless you are anointed to do it. David was anointed as king, priest, and prophet. You have to know what the anointing on your life. It might just be preacher only. You can't get into the other areas of ministry. It will kill you and the people who try to submit to you. You have to know the measure of the anointing on your life. God's grace is his ability on your life that keeps you in the presence of the Lord. You get in the presence of the Lord and don't have that anointing, angels can smite you down. God told Moses, I want you to go into Egypt. Moses had never done what God told him. He told him, I want you to circumcise your firstborn. Moses hadn't done it. So Moses getting ready to walk out of the tent to go to Israel, to go to Egypt, to be used by God, and didn't know there was an angel standing outside of his door to kill him. And God showed his wife, and his wife hurry up and circumcise the child threw the blood on the floor in the front of Moses so the angel couldn't see it, and the angel drew back. And she said, a bloody husband you are to me because of the circumcision. Moses never understood how to serve God. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and flesh. You can't love God and the world. Your spirit must grow and be trained to serve God. The spirit must have a free range in your life. And my time is already gone. First Corinthians chapter 15. Stand on your feet. Thank God for his word. I didn't get very far. First Corinthians 15 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again from the dead, according to the Scripture. To understand Christ's death, Hopefully I can get to this soon. Christ died for your sins. And you have to understand what that meant. Christ carried the curse of your sins. To die for cross means he had been cursed of God. And he never sinned. But he bear our curse. He bear Israel curse. Curse is everyone that hang on the tree. That he died on the cross. He was cursed. So they hung him on the cross. And they said he had cursed of God. But he wasn't cursed. He took the curse of his people. So he can make you a blessing. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Read it sometime. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. The next verse says that the blessings of Abraham may come on your life. God made you righteous through the curse of his own son. Let's give him the praise and the glory that's due to his name. My time is up and I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast 
I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.